Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why rainy days make you sleepy, why the great unconformity is one of the biggest mysteries in geology, and the enormous amount of energy that it takes to power AI, along with a potential solution. Let's satisfy some curiosity. All right, so let's say you got a good night of sleep and you haven't done anything too taxing. But it's raining outside, and so all you really want to do is go back to bed. Look, we've all been there, but why does this happen? Why do rainy days make you sleepy? Well, the truth is that we don't know for sure, but it probably has something to do with the light, sound, and oxygen levels in the air. So first of all, just look outside on a rainy day. The clouds gather, and everything looks dark and hazy. On clear days, the sunlight tells you that it's daytime, and that triggers your brain to stop making the sleep-producing hormone melatonin, so you're more alert. But on cloudy and rainy days, the sun doesn't really come out in the morning. With less sun exposure to tell your brain to stop producing melatonin, the body might not know it's time to wake up. And then there's the sound of falling rain, which is the best. It's not a mystery why so many people play rain sounds to help them sleep. The sound of rain is comforting. It's the audio version of being wrapped in a warm blanket. And that's because rain sounds are what experts call pink noise. That's like white noise, but with fewer high frequencies. And evidence suggests that pink noise can help people sleep more soundly. So if you're listening to pink noise all day, it makes sense that you would start to feel a little sleepy. And finally, as any good morning news meteorologist will tell you, There's the fact that rainy days have low barometric pressure. The lower the pressure in the air, the less oxygen it contains. Just think about climbing a mountain. The lower pressure at those higher altitudes reduces the oxygen and makes it harder for mountaineers to think clearly. The low pressure of a rainy day has a much, much milder effect, but it's similar. That lower oxygen doesn't pose any risks to your health, but getting less oxygen to the brain could make you a little more lethargic than usual. So the next time you can't seem to shake that sleepy feeling on a rainy day, just remember that it's normal. Try turning on a bright light or playing some upbeat music. Or just wait it out. The sun will come back eventually. The deep history of Earth is written in the layers of rock that make up the planet's crust. But a lot of that history is missing. Geologists call this puzzling gap the Great Unconformity. Earlier last month, researchers used an exciting technique to hunt for clues. It turns out the Great Unconformity might have more than one cause. The Great Unconformity is kind of a confusing name, but here's the deal. Throughout Earth's history, new rocks have formed on top of older rocks. There are a lot of techniques for figuring out how old a layer of rock is, but scientists can usually look at the fossils in a layer or analyze the physical makeup of the rock itself to figure out that a particular layer of rock is, say, 500 million years old. They'd expect the next deepest layer to be a little older, maybe 600 million years old. But there are quite a few rock formations where that isn't the case. The researchers behind this study took a look at one of these formations at the base of Pikes Peak in Colorado. At their field site, there's a layer of rock that's about 500 million years old that sits on top of a layer that's one billion years old. That means that there's no apparent record of half a billion years. Where'd all that history go? Scientists have a handful of different answers. 
Some say it's a result of all the geologic chaos that happened during the formation of Rodinia, a supercontinent way older than Pangaea. Others say that glaciers shaved off all that rock at once during a later ice age called Snowball Earth, creating the Great Unconformity in one disastrous event. These researchers found an answer by peering deep into the atomic structure of the older rock. A technique called thermochronology helped them figure out what temperature extremes the rock had been through in its tumultuous billion-year lifespan. The hotter the rock was, the deeper it's been. From their measurements, the team concluded that the layer was forced up to the surface between 1,000 and 720 million years ago, before Snowball Earth, right around when Rodinia existed. At that point, the rock was vulnerable to erosion by rain, wind, freezing temperatures, and a host of other natural processes, which could have removed its upper layers from the geologic record. But importantly, this means that the geologic gaps of the Great Unconformity probably didn't happen all at once everywhere. Instead, each one likely had its own cause and its own timing. Of course, this is just one gap in one location. To confirm that the Great Unconformity was actually several Great Unconformities, other geologists will have to take a closer look at a bunch more gaps in time. I wonder what they'll unearth. Good, good one. Wonder what they'll dig up. That they'll literally do that. It's not even a pun. Can't wait for them to drill into the data. <laughs> All right, better. Artificial intelligence, or AI, can do some pretty amazing things. I mean, it can diagnose diseases way before doctors can. It can create original art that's indistinguishable from human creations. But there's another thing that it does that's a huge problem. AI consumes a ton of energy. So it's good news that a team of engineers has announced a breakthrough that could make the futuristic tech a little more sustainable. Before I get into that, though, let me give you an idea of how much energy AI gobbles up. In 2019, a team of researchers taught an AI system to solve a Rubik's Cube with a robotic hand. Even though the system had more than a thousand computers at its disposal, the project still took several months to complete. All told, the effort consumed about 2.8 gigawatt hours of electricity. That's the same amount that three nuclear power plants can crank out in one hour. Another study found that training a single natural language processing model, the kind of thing Siri and Alexa are built on, that can consume as much energy as a car over its entire lifetime, including what it takes to build it. But AI is only becoming more important, so finding ways to make it more energy efficient is becoming increasingly necessary. Researchers at Purdue University in Indiana have taken one step in that direction. See, the intelligence part of artificial intelligence is mostly in the software. And as that software gets smarter, it takes more computing power to run it. So this team tried their hand at making intelligent hardware. They used what's known as a quantum material. And it's called that because it relies on weird quantum effects to do things that aren't possible with traditional materials. Specifically, they used high-speed pulses of electricity to move protons around in a quantum material that was called neodymium nickel oxide. Usually, quantum materials require super cold temperatures to work, but the breakthrough here was that these experiments all happened at room temperature. That makes it a lot easier for researchers to imagine using the new material in electronics. 
The material demonstrated what's called tree-like memory. That's a way of organizing information by storing related data together in categories called branches, like a tree branch. It's based on the way humans learn and organize information in their brains. For instance, when you see a beagle, you think of the category dog, even though Snoopy looks nothing like a Chihuahua or a Great Dane. Current AI software can do this too, but by building it into the hardware as well, the hope is that the two components could work together to achieve more with less energy. Here's hoping that it won't take an automobile's worth of energy to create the series of the future. And of course, here's hoping that in the future, Siri can answer a single question correctly. I mean, come on. I just want to know what the weather is today. I uh, This weekend, I set a timer with my Google Home. It, it seemed like the timer had gone on for a while. So I was like, hey, Google, how much longer on my timer? And Google goes, zero seconds. And then I'm like, what? What? And then all of a sudden, the timer starts going off. It was super weird. It's never happened before. That's so weird. <laughs> I love that. Well, that was a lot of fun. So let's recap everything we learned today. Well, I learned that rainy days make you feel sleepy for a few reasons. The sun isn't out, so your brain might keep producing melatonin. The sound of rain is technically called pink noise, which is soothing. And there's slightly less oxygen in the air thanks to lower barometric pressure. We need to do a follow up, though, on the effects of chocolate rain. I don't I don't think we do. I don't think a lot of people are curious about the effects of chocolate rain. Well, some stay dry and others feel the pain. That's that's one of the lyrics. I you know, I feel like I only know about that video through context and I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever watched it on YouTube. I think I need to solve that right after this. 126 million views and counting. Get on that. And we also learned that the Great Unconformity is a geological mystery that asks why so many years of rock don't seem to exist. Researchers figured out what caused it in Pikes Peak in Colorado, but other locations could have different causes. So, still a mystery. And we learned that Cody and I come from different places that say Colorado different ways. Wait, what did I say? You said Colorado. What do you say? Colorado. Oh, I also say Oregon and Nevada. Oregon's correct. Yes. Nevada's correct. Yes. Colorado's correct. I say Colorado. I don't care. I'm from California. I say it that way. Hmm. There's only one way to solve this. Hey, Siri, how do you pronounce Colorado? I find an answer. It's displayed on your iPhone. Did you, did you give her an Irish accent? No. Maybe. <laughs> That's not going to solve anything. It's displayed on your No, do this. Say, what state is Denver in? What state is Denver in? The answer I find is Colorado. Colorado. Your Irish Siri says Colorado. That is not an answer for me. (laughs) My Irish Siri is a wonderful human being. You leave her alone. (laughs) Well, speaking of frustrating AI... We learned that AI uses a ton of energy, and scientists could save some of that energy by maybe making smart hardware to go with the smart software. And one team's trying to do that by creating a quantum material. Look, my point was proven when I asked her how to pronounce Colorado, and she gave me nothing. Maybe I just need to ask questions the way you do. I don't know. I mean, you nailed it. I do have three Google Home devices in my home, so... 
I talk to an AI a lot. Wow. All right. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Grant Curran and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.